this time, I'll try to flip things back to you yeah. as much as you flip things to me. Okay. Because yeah. I'm not used to that. Yeah. So usually on a podcast, I'm the one being asked questions. But yeah. now I realise this is Sam and Sam, Earl Grey Espresso. I yeah, yeah, Just yeah. like those two people on that. Yeah. That, uh, that African-American one last year. Hey there, and welcome to the second episode of Espresso and Earl Grey, where bright thinking beats leisured brewing. I'm Sam, and with me is Dr. Sam Chan, where two Sams brewing about life's questions, seeing the world through different eyes, and connecting ideas with everyday life. On our second podcast, we think about the nature of failure and how that impacts our lives sit back and grab an espresso or an Earl Grey or whatever beverage you like to drink and spend the next couple of moments with us as we discuss about life's questions. Oh, what is the intro? And you're Sam Wan, aren't Sam you? Sam Wan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Ready? G'day. I'm Sam Chan and I am with Sam Wan and I'm introducing this podcast where Never before has this happened, but I am going to flip questions to Sam Wham. Sam Wham. <laughs> I said Sam Wham. 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 Like with George Michael and the other guy that we Sam can't even Wham. remember. This is Sam Wham. Wham. No, sorry. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want me to start again? <laughs> no, no. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Go. All right. So, Sam, we've been talking about success and failures. Tell me, how has failure featured in your life? How's failure? Well... It's, it's, it's funny, like, I don't think I really experienced huge failure until I, until I was 20-something. Because I've just been such a high-achieving person, you know. I went to a good primary school. I went to, like, OC class, opportunity class. I went to a selective school. Yeah, here and there, you know, there, there was this huge moment where I got 6.5 out of 120 for my extension 2 um, math thing, uh, math test in, in year 12, which the next moment I'd walked into the, um, the deputy principal's office, uh, I'm going to drop this elective, <laughs> which was I felt was one of the best moments of my life. See, this is Dev say, I think you told me this story before, but it never registered. When I heard 6.5, I thought it was 6.5 out of 10. No, So it's a no, credit. No, no, so, no. okay, credit. No, That's what I said. No. But now I'm hearing 6.5 out, out of 100. 120. And then when I first heard I thought I was in a subject that didn't matter, like woodwork no, or craft. No, but no. this is in mass. No, this, this is... is what Asians are meant to be good at. Yeah, so yeah. you got 6.5 out of 120. In a subject that matters. Yes, yes. Mass. Because you need mass to get in medicine and dentistry. I know, I know. And the most humiliating thing was back then was um, outside the math office, you have your ranking. Mm. And then I went up there and I was 181 out of 182. Oh. And it would have been worse because <laughs> I'm only slowly getting this, but I'm Sam Chan. You're Sam Wan. My whole life I've been a C surname so my name's always been at the top of the list yes you've always been a w yes, surname i've been always on the bottom <laughs> so of you've the been list. at the bottom of the list yes. and you came 101 out of 182 yes um but then i i don't think that really hit me that because i i knew i wasn't good at maths i knew i was pretty poor in maths but the big failure in my life was when i went into studying at bible college because that was my faith 
Mm. Um, that was something that I'd been brought up with. You know, I'd read my Bible. I knew what Christianity was about. And then I started flunking these essays and these subjects. And that I was in, in a time, it wasn't, I wasn't in a really good headspace either. But it really, really affected me because it started to think, oh, I am a failure. It wasn't, I have failed, but my, my faith, you know, something that I hold so dearly to, I'm failing that. And so I am a failure, which was, which was a huge, which was a huge blow for me. And again, this shows what a poor listener I am, but I remember you telling this story to me. I was like, okay, it's just Bible college. You know, it's just this extra degree that you throw on. Uh, you know, you know, we all take up Spanish classes. Yeah. We all take up Italian yeah, yeah. language as yeah. a hobby for fun. Yeah. We all have a go at do-it-yourself. Yeah, yeah. Lay the decking out on the backyard. But I didn't realise this is Bible college. This yeah. is where you think, okay, this is who I am. I'm going to give up whatever success or career I've worked That's up right. for. Because yeah. this is more important. This is kingdom of God stuff. Yeah. This is because I'm really serious about yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And they failed you. Yeah. It was. I, I remember it was... I got, I got, I think 51 for one of my New Testament subjects. And I thought to myself, I, I, I literally crept into my uh, closet and I just sat there with my <laughs> essay going, what have I done? Am I not worthy to, to do this? Am I not prepared to do this? And that, that was a really huge blow for me. And were there a lot of red marks? Like, was it still there the old were, school way yes, of getting were, a red pen a, and crossing out yeah. stuff and correcting yes. punctuation, which That's is so right. humiliating? Yeah. And I think one of the huge things was I never got taught how to... I went to school in the 90s, so I never got taught grammar because they, the education system thought that grammar was inherent and then you would pick it up. And then in, through high school and through university... I never got taught how to write an essay. You just inherently picked up how to write an essay. And so I was getting marked for my faith or for the things that I knew when in actual fact, I did know a lot, but it was just because I didn't know how to present it. Yeah. And and so let's even backtrack further because you're an Asian immigrant right yes. and what non-asians don't get is asian parents have moved to australia at great risk at great cost great sacrifice mm. and they loaded invested everything almost in this all-in-one bet on mm. their children's mm. future mm. and so what were your parents plans for you because they gave up everything to come to australia and what did success for sam wayne look like for sam wayne's parents yeah well it was it's very strange because my parents weren't that typical Mm. i think deep down my my mum was a nurse so deep down i think my mum wanted me to be a doctor but then the minute that she saw how i squirmed around when i uh watched what's that what's that show rpa when, when, I, when she saw me squirm around watching RPA while she was watching it, um, she knew I wasn't going to be a doctor. Um, my dad was an aircraft mechanic. And so I think he wanted me to go into engineering. And I really did love engineering at school and that kind of stuff and woodwork and stuff at school. So, but they never really imposed much upon me. But it was rather I felt in myself 
that I had to prove they didn't give me what I needed to do, but I kind of felt whatever that I did choose to do, I had to prove to them that I did the best that I could be. And the best that I could be was the best that they ever can be. And I think so instead of, instead of them imposing something, it was me kind of setting up these high, 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 high standards um, that, that were near perfectionism. But at the same time, Asian parents are very emotionally yes. distant. Yes. Asian fathers demonstrate their love by just working hard and paying yes. the bills, yes. hoping that you have a better future. Yeah, yeah. Looking back now, do you think they were too hands off and setting up for a fail in life? Are they just put these expectations on you, but they don't actually show you how to get there? Um, I think my, my dad is, is a little bit hands off. He lets me, and I think that's that the best thing. There are a hand, I can count on my one hand, the pieces of advice that my dad gave me and all of them were gold. But the way that he parented was that he always let me make mistakes. And he always said, you will have to learn from them. And he, it doesn't matter whether I made mistakes. So I learned a great deal from my dad. He was, you know, he hardly made mistakes either. He was that, you know, <laughs> epitome of an Asian kid. And he was the firstborn in his family as well. So, you know, he was, he was the guy who, who was the high achiever. And so I learned a lot from my dad in that. But my mum was very hands-on. But it got, I think it got to a point where they both realised the things that I wanted to be good at, they weren't. Sure. They, they, they couldn't help. And again, deconstructing this, your mum is a healthcare worker. Yeah. Your dad is an engineer. Yes. These are Asian blue ribbon jobs yes. because they're safe. Asians are very yes. risk averse. Yes. They don't like taking risk on yeah. so they're safe they're guaranteed yeah, an yeah, income yeah. you're not going to be unemployed as a nurse or probably an engineer they're what i call the white camry yeah versions yes, of jobs yes, they're safe they're middle camry. of the bell curve <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna make a bucket of money like no, a ceo of no. some startup company but you're not gonna be unemployed and no, broke either no. but then you go into primary education yes. which is reasonably high risk yeah, yeah. you got a lot of unemployed but it's a, it's a safe kind of government-ish job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then the, the scary thing was going into Bible, Bible college. college. So, yeah, know? that's high risk, low gain. Yes, which so scared for, my mum quite a lot. Yeah. So um, how, how did they take the news of you going high risk, low gain, giving up everything, going all in on Bible college? Well, I was, I was already pretty rebellious as a kid. Um, and I was a pretty rebellious as a teenager. Um, and so when it came to going to Bible college, it was like a big rebellion for me that I am going to throw away my four year degree and I'm going to jump into this thing. So <laughs> I think th they were really scared. Um, and I think partially it was because my uncle had gone into Bible college around the same time. Um, uh, as, as a critical moment in my family's history. And so part of that's wrapped up in the fear. Um, but over time, it was interesting that 
I think a couple of years into Bible college, my mum started messaging me and saying, I'm praying for you for it. And I could see there was a change. And I wonder whether that was because she saw that the the system I was going, the Presbyterian system paid good money. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't as high risk as she thought. And I think it was also because she saw I wasn't going to be a missionary going into some random place in the middle of nowhere that I was going to stay in Sydney. Um, but there was definitely a shift there that she started to accept what I was doing. All right. So, Sam, I've been taking you back, 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 back to your parents, to your primary school education. But let's bring back here. So here you're in a closet with an essay you've written with 51 on it with all these harsh comments and red ink. And, and this is what you've given up everything for. And this thing is screaming out, you failed. You've made the wrong yeah. choice. Who are you? What, did you th- what were you thinking? Yeah. I'd, I thought I was a failure. That it seemed like everything that I was trying to do to get to this place was collapsing all around me. And I really, really thought like, was this the right sacrifice to make? You know, um, should I go back into teaching? And that's where the 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 risk adverse Asianness came back. Do I just fall back into my teaching degree? Well, I'm not. Maybe falling back isn't the right word, but like, do I just go back to doing something that I'm, I'm, I'm good at that I, that I can do, or do I keep pushing forward? Um, and so I was chatting with one of my friends afterwards and he said on the back of his, it was at Bible college, at the back of his door, he says, he, he wrote there on a piece of paper, not on the door, <laughs> on the piece of paper, uh, knowing is with the lesser sign being. So knowing is lesser than being. And that kind of really transformed my life because he was he was an average he was an average student. He was he wasn't thinking about going to much, you know, academia or whatnot. But then he's a person who really despite whatever marks he got, he was fine with because he knew that being someone was greater than knowing something. And to flip that around, my essay didn't tell me who I was. It just told me what, how much I knew. And I can always improve on how much I knew, right? Um, but I had to realise that I am not a failure. I have failed. I am loved. I am a friend. I am a son. I am a myriad of other things, but failing doesn't tell me who I am. Yeah, and it all comes down to definitions of failure. Like, mm. what is fail? Like, here's this arbitrary standard yes. of 50% yes. that someone has imposed upon yes. you and some arbitrary marking criteria yeah. from a lecturer. You yeah. probably caught him on a bad day <laughs> rather than a good day. You're the last essay he marked in the pile rather than the first yeah, yeah, essay maybe. in the pile. Yeah. I remember I was a Bible college lecturer marker. 
I remember once marking an essay and think, oh, this is terrible. Like, this is a horrible essay. And I gave it a really poor mark and I tried to enter the mark into the computer and the computer wouldn't let me enter it because it said you've already marked the essay. Because, you know, it's all anonymous student (laughs) numbers, right? So I looked up the mark I had given. I'd given a really, really good mark earlier. It just meant I had marked it early in the day when I was fresh and in a good mood, come across the same essay later in the day when I'm tired and grumpy and I gave it a bad mark. So then here you are judging your worth. Yeah. And status on some yeah. arbitrary marking criteria based on the arbitrary whims yeah. of some external yeah, lecturer. Yeah. And so what I did the next day was I emailed my lecturer and said, can we sit down and I really want to learn from that. Because I think I remembered, I really remembered back being a teacher was that I would, in all my, when I taught creative writing, I never gave a mark. At the bottom, I would always write, this is what you did perhaps poorly and this is what you need to do next. Because I knew these pieces of writing weren't, uh, wasn't supposed to be marked. And then I would deliberately sit with every one of my students, if I had the time, for a minute a day and work through that with them. And so I said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to impose that model <laughs> upon my lecturer. Yeah. I emailed them and I said, can we sit down and work through this essay because I wanted to do better. Um, and so it's that, it's that, and, but it takes a long time, you know, because the next essay or the next thing that you do might be a flunk again. And then immediately, because sometimes it's someone's default setting. That was definitely my default setting was to think that because I have failed, I am a failure, I had to keep rethinking in my head that, no, 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 that's not the case. No, that's not the case. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's, but it's even harder in relationship failures, isn't it? That, um, I have failed in a relationship means that I am a failure in relate as a friend, as a brother as a sister, you know? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Sam, so when I hear all this, I'm, I'm thinking the opposite. You didn't fail an essay. I feel like the system failed you. Because on the one hand, like, like, how, how do you fail an essay? What does a fail essay even look like? And I would argue that, that this essay you know, had you put it in a primary school, it would have scored a high distinction. <laughs> put it in high school, it's a high distinction. Yeah. So what stage are we saying this essay falls short? Like, like yeah. that. So I feel like the system failed you. And here we're seeing two different schools of thought now, are we? This lecturer with a 51% mark is saying you fell short of a standard. Whereas I'm thinking now, had I been somewhere else, some lecturer would have had a green pen and was said, amazing, I love everything you've said, now here's room to improve. Yeah. So it's two different ways of yeah, understanding yeah. success and failure. And I'm seeing it should have been the other way around. It should have been, this is room to improve, this is an opportunity to grow, rather than a rod to hit your head on and say, you yeah, failed, you yeah, fell yeah, short. Yeah. What were you thinking? You know, how dare you? Yeah, it's, it's two different types of, thinking of assessment, two different types of thinking about teaching. 
I, it always reminds me of this picture that, that I was given in first year teaching about assessments where there's a tree and there's a group of animals. There's a, there's a goldfish, there's a monkey, there's a dog, there's a cat, there's, there's a giraffe. And the assessment is climb the tree. Of course, the system, the, 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 it, it's made to fail some students. The goldfish definitely cannot climb the tree. And it's made to uh, ableize the monkey and the cat. Um, and so now, obviously, that illustration is flawed because if the course was 101 how to climb a tree, then <laughs> that is the case. But the th is, can we change the way that we assess people so that what they know can really come out? And see, so you're perfect for this because on the one hand, you, you're a primary school teacher. You've been trained in education, like professionally. You have a university degree in education. And you're an Asian-Australian immigrant. <laughs> and every Asian knows when you come back with a report card to your parents mm. and you got 100 in maths, 100 in English, but you got 99 in history, the Asian parent, I can still hear my mum. She would have gone, aya, aya, <laughs> how did you get one wrong? So I think... You're not even looking at 100 yeah, I got right yeah, in maths, yeah, yeah. 100 I got right in English, and the 99 I got right in history. You're just focusing on the one thing I got wrong in the whole report card. Yeah. And all you hear is the, aya, aya. <laughs> but even in those settings, right, you get 100 in math, but are you going to succeed in life? Are we going to succeed in life with 100 in math and 100 in English? Like, life is much bigger than um, mathematics. And it's and so reductionist, English. isn't it? Because yeah. the Asian parent will look at the maths and say, oh, well done, you got 100 yeah. in maths. Yeah. And had you got 50 in woodwork, they'll go, oh, that's right, it's only woodwork. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it yeah, doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. And yet in real life, now I wish I'd done woodwork because my house is falling apart. <laughs> yeah, my wife yeah. is looking at me, why can't you fix anything? <laughs> well, exactly. Like, and I say, well, but I can show you a binary equation in maths. Yeah, yeah. Like, even in, I'm thinking through in this COVID season, right? The success and failure. Like, all professionals are now working at home, but the, those who are necessary, those who are seen as crucial in society are sanitary workers, you know, um, healthcare professionals, um, just average Joe Blows who everyone suddenly, you know, Woolworths employees, you know? Suddenly, all these people who might not have gotten a hundred in maths, might not have gotten a hundred in English, might not have gone to university, is crucial. And it seems every different setting and every different era and context gives a different set of success and a different set of um, less success, perhaps we should say. Yeah, it's all about recalibrating what's success and failure because the whole you got to achieve this standard, you got to achieve this standard means you're always going to fall short and never going to be good enough. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm on Facebook and there's this group called Subtle Asian Traits. Traits. And this Asian healthcare worker complained that because healthcare workers, you know, now you get a few little privileges like, like, like maybe you can shop in these hours at a supermarket and get access to groceries before other people. And when she said she showed the card to her Asian mother, 
she said to the Asian mother said, oh yeah, but you're not a real healthcare worker. You're just a radiographer. You know, so (laughs) you can never be good enough for your Asian mum. No, no. I guess at the end of the day, it's, it's as a Christian, it's, it's going back to my identity again. Yeah. So like this Bible college lecturer has given me 51%, but at some stage he goes like, you know what? I will never be good enough for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. For us with Asian mums, we'll never be good enough for the Asian no, mum who will no. always go, ah, yeah. So I'm saying, we've got to say, okay. And, you know, even we ourselves, that there's a reason why we're so stressed and anxious and yeah. depressed. We ourselves are our own harshest critics. We'll yes. never be good enough for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's one of the crucial points is humility. Because you, you can, you can take upon the system and have a chip on the shoulder and go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take down the system. I'm going to change the world. I'm, I'm going to, because I am really, really good. It's just that you can't see I'm good, but that's, that's just pride. Or you can go the other way and go complete self pity and just, just wallow in it. And because, and that's just pride as well. I think manifesting in a different way where humility kind of takes the middle ground and goes, well, perhaps I, I am able to do this much. Perhaps the system is wrong here. Maybe I haven't been treated as fairly as I am, but let me treat my lecturer. Let me treat whoever as a fellow human being. Let's dialogue and let's see how we can make things better for, for everyone. And maybe... I don't, maybe they'll continue to see me as a failure and that's okay because I don't need to be seen. I don't need to be, have value in their eyes. All right. So Sam, you're way overqualified for this topic of success and failure. <laughs> I know. You can wear a university qualified as educator of a fate. hat on. You can wear your Natural Asian Australian successful immigrant son hat on and you can wear your theologian yeah. Hat on. So let's bring it all home. What's your take home lesson here on success and failure? I think ultimately we're all going to fail. Sooner or later we're going to fail. And if we have our identity and our value system on success, then we're going to fail. But if we realize two things. One, that being is greater than doing or knowing. Then we can start to go, who am I truly? And as a Christian, as a child of God, as God who sees me regardless of my failures and loves me regardless of my failures, then I'm going to be okay. And the second thing is, because I'm okay with failing, I w- I'm not going to deliberately fail, but I am going to see failure in a different light. That failure is going to teach me. Failure is going to hone me. Failure is going to be like like a fire that, that kind of takes away or the uh, when you put a piece of metal into the fire and takes away the impurities. Failure is going to make me uh, more and more how God wants me to look like.
And this has been Espresso and Earl Grey with the two Sams. We've just been talking about failure and we hope you got something out of it. If you like us, please subscribe and would love to see you next time.